Welcome to the EMSO Talks podcast. Hello and welcome to EMSO Talks and our series called Fika with Jens. I'm Jens Nystedt, co-CIO here at EMSO. As you might remember from previous episodes that we did of Fika, the idea is to sit down, take a short break in your day, think through some of the market drivers here together with me, so you get a little bit of an insight on how we're thinking here at EMSO, what are some of the market developments that we're keeping a particular eye on. At this stage, we are at the very end of July, and it's been a pretty decent summer for emerging market assets. Uh, part of that performance certainly has a top-down uh, macro sense to it, but I think it's notable that uh, a lot of the performance came in June itself, a month where the Fed signaled that uh, maybe one more hike wasn't going to be enough, that they needed perhaps to go twice. The market didn't necessarily believe them. And at the same time, we saw a theme of uh, significant outperformance for sovereign high yield, so high yield names in emerging markets that had underperformed previously during the year. So there was a big compression trade that started to deliver results during the month of June and uh, has continued here in July. On top of that, in local markets, one of the key drivers that saw increased investor interest were bets on uh, lower interest rates. As inflation has been coming down, EM central banks were very early in hiking rates. They created very significant real rate buffers that now they can take advantage of as there is a little bit more stability and that the Fed dis- discussion is really about one hike or two hikes. It's probably not enough to make these EM central banks pause too long until they start uh, reducing rates more significantly. I mean, EM inflation is clearly past the peak. Of course, a lot of EM inflation is usually food and energy prices. That's a larger share of their consumption basket. So it's more volatile. It turned up earlier and it's turning down uh, more significantly quicker. As a result, at the time we are recording this, uh, if you look at local markets performance, FX and rates, it's been pretty strong. It's uh, almost 11% year to date. And if you look at hard currency sovereign, you have almost 6%, better than we expected when we did our outlook for uh, 2023. Of course, U.S. Treasuries and lower developed market rates have played a role here too. The U.S. Treasury component uh, adds about 1% or explains about 1% of the total return for hard currency sovereign. So one of the, uh, I think, surprising things for us at least is that despite fairly solid total return performance, we haven't seen much inflows coming back into the asset class. Last year, about 90 billion left. And uh, clearly last year was very poor performance. Russia, Ukraine, that conflict and what it did to the benchmarks really weighed on investors' view in terms of the allocation to emerging markets. We were in the middle of a hiking cycle, of course, globally. But this year, a lot of those concerns have been mitigated and we're seeing the performance as a result. However, When you look at uh, weekly inflows, uh, we only had inflows the last two weeks here in July. So by mid-July, you had about 22 weeks of straight outflows from emerging market hard currency sovereigns. That was the longest period of outflows since 2008 for, for hard currency. For local markets, the picture has been more mixed. I think there are two things that are happening at the same time. We are seeing inflows, although modest, when it comes to 
local markets ex-China, presumably for the reasons I mentioned earlier that uh, you see an increased interest of positioning for significantly lower interest rates in emerging markets, given that the starting point with real ex-ante interest rates being so high gives central banks in, in, in emerging markets a lot of room to cut, even without the Fed necessarily uh, being part of that cutting cycle. Now, uh, why uh, was there an offsetting outflows? Well, that came from China, and it almost nets out all the inflows into local markets year to date. And that has, of course, to do with geopolitics. The Russia-Ukraine uh, conflict led to a realignment where uh, China chose to um, ally itself with Russia, of course, as a senior ally, but it has ma made people more concerned and investors more concerned in terms of their allocation to fixed income uh, in China. And as a result, there has been a move, and we've seen it also in EM equities, to ex-China mandates if you look at some of these top-down asset management allocation decisions. So in an environment where the markets was debating um, an increased chance of a Cold War scenario with geopolitical overtones, we have a hot war still between Russia and Ukraine, uh, the, the inflow picture has been uh, stalled. And perhaps the kind of performance that we've seen here during the summer would uh, increase interest in allocations to emerging markets for the rest of the year, presumably after September as people come back from the Northern Hemisphere summer. It is interesting that if you look at global fixed income funds allocations to uh, emerging markets, there was a significant uptick in allocations here in June. So, um, uh, but that was the first real uptick for um, almost a year and a half. So they've been sitting with a very underinvested position in emerging markets. There's a lot more money they can put to work if they believe that some of the gains that we've seen here during the first seven months of the year are likely to be sustained. And I think that is a key thing. We need to see those inflows coming in in order for uh, uh, this asset class to perform uh, better uh, for the second half as some of the global macro concerns start to dissipate, including we will know whether the Fed is done or not. We will know uh, where are we with regards to soft landing, landing, hard landing discussion in the U.S. At this stage, it seems that inflation numbers are actually trending lower, while growth is also slowing, but not so rapidly that we are outright talking about a recession, at least not uh, by the end of the year. And in China, the key thing to really focus on is after the Politburo meeting, which happened a bit earlier than we expected, are there any significant stimulus packages that is going to support a Chinese more reacceleration after what, in retrospect, turned out to be a fairly disappointing reopening boost to the economic growth outlook in China. That would have spillover effects to commodity prices. It would also have spillover effects to uh, countries in the region. We are still talking about a tourism, uh, Chinese tourism-led recovery that could benefit Southeast Asia. So all those are themes that I think will be uh, dominant as drivers in terms of performance for here the remainder of the second half. What are some of the concerns that we worry about? Well, I think that uh, we are back uh, watching uh, grain shipment prices after uh, Russia pulled out of the Black Sea deal with Ukraine and Turkey. Those grain uh, prices could eventually spell, spill over into higher inflation in those uh, emerging markets that import a lot of grains. 
and that could also put, a, uh, I would say, temporary pause or I would say maybe too early a pause to some of the cutting cycles that are already priced in. The other concern is that we're in the middle of going into an El Nino weather pattern. That has tended to weigh on some countries in South America, South Africa, maybe even India, and a lot of there has to do with how serious it, is it going to be, what have been some of the harvest patterns we've seen in the, in the years before the El Nino. So the two of them combined could lead to food price inflation which I mentioned earlier, emerging markets are particularly sensitive to. It's certainly something to watch. And the other thing is that um, when it comes to geopolitics, I think we, we don't really know when we get the next headline. Is China going to decide to help Russia more openly? Well, that will remain a concern, and it will, I would say, affect how asset allocators abuse emerging markets as an asset class. And then we are also talking about what's the extent of the war in, in, in Ukraine and, and uh, what is the extent of the counteroffensive and any potential for a peace deal. At this point, peace deals don't look likely this side of, uh, of the new year. And uh, as a result, that's going to be a risk that hangs over the region in particular. Then finally, I think it's really about the narrative about soft landing. Right? If we see a significant reacceleration that for parts of this year, especially February, the market traded, then this fixed income rally that has really supported total return in emerging markets would be challenged. I feel more comfortable since our last update that the inflation picture is broadly correct. And I think that at this stage, U.S. economic data suggests a very slow deceleration. I think I'm more worried than previous updates about how the eurozone growth picture looks like. Uh, the ECB seems more likely than not to hike interest rates to at least 4%. So it probably weighs less on the euro than it does on the eurozone economies. But it's certainly something to watch in case we get further negative growth su surprises in Europe. So the global growth picture since last time we spoke, I think with downward surprises in China, maybe they are doing something to arrest it. We'll see. Europe and the eurozone. I think that the only positive surprise has really come from the U.S. and actually emerging markets. Overall, growth rates of emerging markets have been revised up, not down, which net-net has meant that global growth actually looks slightly better than what we expected. But we certainly always need to think about uh, the things that uh, we also uh, have to um, worry about. So with that, I've hoped you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And um, I've said it before, please reach out if you have questions, where you agree, where do you disagree. And um, don't hesitate and uh, reach out in that case to our EMSA Investor Relations team and we would be happy to help. Thank you very much.